0: Hey, you guys, Scott Horton here to remind you that it's fun drive time at the Institute right now. We only do this twice a year, but it's got to be done. And I'm proud to do it, too. We've got an incredible crew of the best writers, authors, and podcasters in the libertarian movement. From Jim Bovard, Lori Calhoun, Tom Woods, and Ted Carpenter, to Keith Knight, Kyle Anzalone, Hunter Dorensis, Connor Freeman, and all the rest of the guys. It's the best team around. We've published three books this year. Keith Knight's Voluntarist Handbook. Laurie Calhoun's Questioning the COVID Company Line, and Joseph Solis Mullins' The Fake China Threat. And here any day now, we will be publishing Thomas E. Wood's Diary of a Psychosis, Jim Bovard's Last Rights, and Keith Knight's latest Domestic Imperialism. That makes 13 books so far, with more coming in the new year, including my new one, Provoked, How Washington Started the New Cold War with Russia and the Catastrophe in Ukraine. Which, I know, is already overlong and overdue. But I'm working on it, I promise. And which brings me to the point. We don't have a big glass office building in downtown Washington. The money we raise goes straight to payroll and book production costs, and that's about it. The Libertarian Institute is the best bang for your buck in the movement. If you believe in what we're doing, please go to libertarianinstitute.org slash donate for details on how you can help keep us going into the new year and the great kickbacks we offer as well
1: and we thank you for your support.
0: For Pacifica Radio, December the 21st, 2023. I'm Scott Horton. This is Anti-War Radio. All right, y'all, welcome to the show. It is Anti-War Radio. I'm your host, Scott Horton. I'm the editorial director of antiwar.com and the author of Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. You can find my full interview archive, almost 6,000 of them now, going back to 2003, at scotthorton.org and at youtube.com slash scotthortonshow and all your various podcatchers and video sites and so forth. And you can follow me on Twitter, if you dare, at scotthortonshow all right introducing today's guest it's a great journalist from the gray zone kit Clarenberg. how are you doing kit
1: how's it going scott
0: i'm doing real good i appreciate you joining us on the show here and you write so much great and important stuff and i have a book that i'm i've been working on for a very long time now Uh, About the new Cold War with Russia and you're in it a bunch because I cite you all the time because of all the great work that you do a lot on all different issues, including on Bosnia and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, um, I got lots of stuff to talk with you about. Let's start with your piece about the 10th anniversary of Obama's overthrow of the government of Ukraine. And how that all came about. And and you have an article uh, specifically on the snipers. But let's go ahead and just talk about overall uh, events of 2013 and 14 here and the prequel to the mess we're in now.
1: I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned the Obama administration, because I think that, uh, yes, while the the Maidan, the revolution of dignity um, or indignity, um, as is as becoming increasingly clear, what did occur under the, the Obama administration and indeed, Uh, It was uh, orchestrated by the National Endowment for Democracy. This is the US's um, regime change uh, agency. It does overtly what the CIA once did covertly. Um, Its founders are very um, uh, uh, open um, about that. Actually, this came at at a time when the Obama administration was attempting, um, however poorly, to peacefully coexist with Russia um and the, actually it was it was um the people pushing For all-out war with the Kremlin were were people who were effectively in opposition, like um, like John McCain. However, there is a British role in all of this, which has never been properly uh, investigated or or or, or exposed. Um, I'm working on it now. But in effect, there were a large number of British military and intelligence operatives who saw Maidan as an opportunity to um, effectively do what they did uh, in the wake of World War II and create a a banderist state. In Ukraine to undermine Russia, um, there is an individual called Chris Donnelly who he runs an uh, he ran an organisation called the Integrity Initiative. Um, this was a B- British intelligence black propaganda operation which was concerned with spreading damaging fake news about Russia in order to demonise um, Moscow in the eyes of Western citizens and and, and, and diplomatically isolate uh, uh the, the the Kremlin therefore leaving them no other option than war in Ukraine they're very open about this they stated it on their website that uh it will be necessary to put pressure on neutrals quote unquote um and flood the world with 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 propaganda and and yes um diplomatically isolate Russia and then this will lead to war of the old fashioned sort that the West will inevitably win these people are completely insane and we're seeing uh the failure of their uh, of their attempt to take down Russia uh, unravel on the fields of eastern Ukraine. Um, as, as as we speak. Um, as I noted on Twitter, um, to um, the amazement of many, there is currently a uh, Russian government jet parked in Dulles Airport in, in Washington, DC. Um, this has not been reported on or acknowledged by any of the legacy media, because of course, they don't notice any of these things, or if they do, they, they know to keep quiet about them. But I su- strongly suspect that this is the terms of Ukraine's betrayal being dictated uh to the White House by um uh, by senior Russian government officials and given that they are now heading for war in yemen um I think that the the uh, that it's going to be a most receptive audience and russia's going to probably get get given and granted everything that they want um but yes i mean the article that you mentioned this is really quite remarkable um the there was a trial in ukraine which was uh, in at least ostensibly um, uh attempting to get to the truth of what happened on um in february uh, 2014 when there was a massacre of protesters in maidan square um it, 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 the, the, gov- the government of ukraine from the word uh, from after uh, post maidan um, undertook a, a wide variety of efforts to prevent this being looked at they they um, deliberately um, blocked official investigations they passed laws giving amnesty to all uh, Made on protesters for any crimes that they may have committed. So, I mean, that's basically a non. It was it, it was basically a non starter. But you know, begrudgingly, due to Western pressure. A uh, court the, the case was launched in 2016, and it's just it's 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 just terminated. Uh, and the finding was that three three uh, Ukrainian police officers were convicted in absent in, in absentia, i.e., they they're not in the country because Zelensky traded them for um, uh, people held hostage by the Donbass separatists in, in 2019. Uh, that, that one was convicted. Of, of being an accessory although he was sentenced to time serve because he'd effectively been on, on on tag and at liberty but but you know while 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 being tried and another police officer was acquitted of all charges no one was remotely happy or or thought the thought credible uh the the findings of the the, 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 the verdict in Ukraine itself and there were no, a number of prosecutors stated that yes it was total it was a total whitewash and you know, no one's going to be held accountable for this. However, the entire Western media either ignored this finding or reported it as they were all convicted. Uh, I mean, this is like an, an outright lie that multiple uh, media organizations told. That they that they, that all of these officers have been convicted. That's and, and we're now going to face jail. That's not true. The re, the reality is is and this was spelled out in in the uh, in, in in the million word long verdict that actually the a lot of shots provably came from Hotel Ukraina, which at the time was a base of operations for Svoboda, which is a far right uh, Ukrainian. Um, uh you think neo-fascist uh party um there there are uh multiple um uh, international media sources both both its Italian and Israeli documentaries have spoken to Georgian uh, two georgians who claimed to have been the snipers on the day who were posted in hotel Ukraina by Svoboda and specifically told to shoot protesters to stir up the crowd because at that time the protests had largely run out of steam there was an attempt to remove yanukovych by um via a vote of no confidence which failed um and it was it was effectively that there was a risk that He was not going to be successfully overthrown by these street protests. So they just decided in the manner of so many other um, US regime change operations such as Venezuela and also Syria – Um, the the early days of the Syrian revolution there was snipers picking off protesters to to stir up crowds and and, uh, create tension with with authorities Um, and this is the same thing that happened when Hugo Chavez was temporarily overthrown in Venezuela in 2002 Um, so it's a a tried and tested tactic and and it unfolded in Ukraine Um, Yes, we are seeing what what, what that created which was a anti-Russian far right state, um, a collapse under the weight of its own contradictions um in, in, in Ukraine as we speak. It looks like Zelensky and his top general are trying to kill each other um, at this stage. So there was a um a, a recording device was found in Zelensky's off- office. Um, it wasn't the Russians that put it there. Uh, you know, and and uh, so yes, it is kind of final days. It's Hitler in the in the in the in the Fuhrer bunker um having a meltdown and you know, surround surrounded by enemies. Um, I think that the, the terms of the peace that a quote-unquote peace that that the the US will will uh, allow or, or or impose on Ukraine is going to be absolutely brutal. I suspect that the the the, the Russian the Russians want Kharkiv and Odessa. Um, Putin made this clear, very clear, the other day. I mean, it, the, the Russians are negotiating from a position of total strength. They have effectively disarmed most NATO member states. They are not running out of missiles. They're not running out of tanks. The Sanctions have done nothing. Um, and Ukraine, meanwhile, is Mobilising women because they're rapidly running out of men to throw into artillery fire. So yeah, I mean, all round it's a complete disaster. Um, I have been warning people uh, that this is that this is that this will, it, w- is what's going to happen for a very long time. Um, I've largely been laughed at, and I've, I, I just continue to be vindicated on on, e- on each and every point. The US withdrawal from Afghanistan. Provides a very clear blueprint for Ukraine's betrayal. There is a report by the special, uh, uh, sorry, the the, the, it's the special inspector general for Afghan reconstruction on the collapse of the Afghan government, which is very very interesting. It got no, it was released at the start of this year, I believe. It got virtually no, or or indeed, in, um, just simply no uh, media coverage whatsoever. Um, its contents are fascinating, though, and it's very very clear that the US um, was uh, setting up the. Afghans, for total betrayal, they knew very, very well that the government wasn't going to survive, that the, the, the military and security services that they'd spent a very long time um, con- constructing uh, at enormous expense to US taxpayers was going to disintegrate like sugar and hot tea the second that they left. And that's exactly what happened. And they, I mean, in, in an amazing um, excerpt, the Ghani, their their puppet in um, in uh, Kabul, was specifically told that um, by by senior U.S. officials that you know, we are leaving, we are we're leaving, and we're not coming back. And he didn't believe them because he thought that that Afghanistan was so geopolitically significant, and the Americans had, had, had expended so much blood and treasure trying to dominate it and create an effective colony there that they weren't going to leave. Um, so they made no preparations for um for the eventual departure um because they thought it wasn't going to happen and then it did and then within the span of a few days um the entirety of of the uh, of, of the uh, uh NATO created Afghan government ceased to exist it, it 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 was no longer a thing and Ghani was on a plane to the UAE where he's not been heard from um, ever since um and Afghanistan is effectively not spoken about in the media now this is exactly what's Going to happen to ukraine i mean maybe zelensky will make his way to miami um or <laughs> if he's not if he's not killed first by one of his uh well one of his inner circle uh perhaps with the cia's direct order. But yeah, people will be amazed at it, much like a show of fish moving all at once uh, without apparent um, uh, direction. Like The entire media is going to just start looking the other way. Um, I saw today, very sad news, actually, there is a website called Open Democracy, which has a, a, a Russia desk, a Russia and Eastern Europe desk, which produced some very, very good content and reporting on the ground um, in Eastern Europe. They're closing down now. Um, and they were funded by George Soros and, and NED um, because ooh, they don't want people looking at what's happening in Ukraine anymore because it's no lo- it no longer serves American interest for that to happen.
0: Yeah. Hey, y'all, Scott here, let me tell you about Roberts and Roberts Brokerage Inc. Who knew? Artificial bank credit expansion leads to price inflation and in terribly distorted markets. If you've got any savings left at all, you need to protect them. You need to put some at least into precious metals. Well, Roberts and Roberts can set you up with the best deals on silver, gold, platinum, and palladium. And they've been doing this since 1977. Hey, if you just need some sound advice about sound money, they're there for you, too. Call Tim Fry and the guys at 800-874-9760. That's 800-874-9760. Or check them out at rrbi.co. That's rrbi.co. You'll be glad you did. Hey, y'all, you should sign up for my Substack. It's scotthortonshow.substack.com. And if you do that, you'll get the interviews a day before everybody else. But not only that, they'll be free of commercials. How do you like that? Pretty good, huh? scotthortonshow.substack.com. Hey, y'all, libertasbella.com is where you get Scott Horton Show and Libertarian Institute shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, and stickers and things, including the great top lobsters designs as well. See? That way it says on your shirt why you're so smart. Libertas Bella, from the same great folks who bring you ammo.com for all your ammunition needs, too. That's LibertasBella.com all right it's anti-war radio i'm scott horton talking with kit klarenberg boy is he easy to interview um on that last point i noticed uh, or somebody else did and i saw the tweet about it kit that the washington post took down their banner headline or their banner yes. link the war in ukraine uh look the other way there but so we got a lot to go over but we got to start with you contradicting me and you're only partially right but not really but barack obama had a policy of trying to get along With Vladimir Putin. But that's not the same as the Obama administration. And in fact, Mm. Robert Perry at Consortium News at the time thought that one of the major impetuses for the neocon policy in Ukraine was to prevent the budding chumminess of Obama and Putin over Syria. If you'll remember in 2013, Putin and Obama had made a deal that America would destroy all of Syria's chemical weapons in order to stave off the invasion, which Obama didn't really want to do at the time. And so Robert Perry thought that this was one of the main reasons that the neocons did what they did in Ukraine was just to make sure to nip this coexistence with the Russians in the bud and make sure to stay at opposing force there. And, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? And I don't know enough about this. John Kerry's name is very absent from the story of the Maidan Revolution. But Vice President Biden's name is right there in the mix with the lower levels of the State Department, led by Victoria Newland pushing for the regime change there so it is a very interesting dynamic about what was going on it looks a lot like insubordination but obama's still the man in the chair and so it's his responsibility if robert kagan's wife is getting away with bloody murder on his watch either way
1: yes well i mean it's yeah it's it, i think that syria is an interesting one because i think that Russia pre- effectively preventing a U.S. invasion. there. I mean, of course, it's it's forgotten that that Putin brokered the surrender of uh, Assad's chemical uh, weapon stock stockpiles, um, and yeah, the neocons were absolutely furious. I mean, and also as well, like I mean, on the ISIS point, um, you know this is it, it's it's crazy that people have just forgotten, have by and large forgotten about ISIS. Um, the CIA and MI6 created. A mini caliphate that had its own passport and its own currency um, and its own uh, uh, its own license plates and um, yeah, like trade, tr- traded with Western countries. Uh, as a country. Um, and then when it span out of control, because of course, these complete lunatics, the CIA and MI6 had been financing and assisting it, uh, getting over to the, to, uh, to Syria to take down Assad, uh, wanted to take over the world and thought that this was plausible, um, and were like beheading women and stuff. And it was you know, pretty bad for PR uh, to be associated with them. So yeah, they 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 tried to put the toothpaste back in the tube. Um, and failed miserably, and then Russia came along and destroyed this mini caliphate they would created, and um, they were really angry about that because only they get to destroy the the, the, the caliphate they created. Um, yeah, and I think that also that the American dishonesty and, and well Western dishonesty um, and just a you know, uh, bad faith action in Syria was like really convinced Russia that that there was no way that they could that they could uh, have a constructive relationship with the West because they saw the destruction of Yugoslavia in, 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 in 1999 by um, in, an, in an illegal but legitimate uh, was the phrase um, but bo- like bombing campaign um, they saw them do the same in Libya and they saw them try to do the same in Syria they were just they, they the US literally, and its international lackeys particularly Britain thought that they could just go around the world just, just overthrowing leaders destroying countries because they wanted to or because they were trying to you know, access a country's resources at, uh, at low cost um, and they wouldn't the, the, Russia was not only extremely unhappy. About this from a philosophical perspective, but also was extremely worried about the same being done to them. Um, you know, I have uh, <laughs> Belgrade as a city, which I mean, I, it, it, it's a, a, a beautiful part of the world and, and much under-travelled to. Um, but the you know the the legacy of war is still here. Twenty-five years on, there are bombed-out buildings. It has the highest cancer rate in the world. It has um, uh, the the scars of, of of NATO bombing. You know, remain very 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 fresh and people are going to be living with the the, the consequences of that for decades um you know and it's like the, 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 why i have a friend here who specifically said to me i think it was in 2015 he said well they're, they're doing to the russians now what they did to us which is yes you know like rel- sanctions relentless demonization in the media which is like manufacturing consent for destroying them and russia decided it had enough um, and, and 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 lashed back and I think that yes that this is a, a very interesting point in, in in world history I mean the 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 Empire is avowedly concerned about all of the money it's spending on missiles to shoot down down drones mm-hmm. flown by the Houthis, which cost a a thousand dollars to make they're spending millions <laughs> to bat away. Um, uh, uh, drones like this could turn out to, in, into all-out war very, very easily. And I think that if the US is convinced that the Houthis are a, are a soft target, I mean they're sorely mistaken. They lived under the under genocidal Saudi bombing for the best part of a decade. Mm-hmm. You know, take, targeting fishing boats, targeting um, uh, uh, markets and churches, um, just to get them to yield, and they 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 didn't back down. I know.
0: So hold it right there. I actually just interviewed uh, my buddy Nasser Arabi, a reporter out of Sanaa, all about that. But we got to stick on Ukraine here for a minute because time is short and there's yeah. so many topics here. But, yeah. of, of course, you're right that this is something, obviously, people got to keep their eye on, the threat of regional war there in the Middle East. But I wanted to ask you what you're saying there. But You know, we skipped almost the whole war all the way to the end where, yeah, Ukraine's lost it. And just like you and a lot of people have warned all along that Just time and power are on Russia's side here, and that just is what it is. We can throw all the money at it. We want It can only go so far, and all this talk about reclaiming every square inch of the Donbass and all this has always been a fantasy. It was always only the question of are they really going to keep all four provinces or not. But Now, you're telling me you're certain they're going to demand, I think you said based on something Putin said recently, that you think they're going to demand the city of Kharkiv and Odessa, which they have not taken or even tried. Well, they surrounded Kharkiv there for a while, uh, and then the Ukrainians took that land back in September of 22. But they never have gone so far as to do more than hit Odessa. They haven't landed a force there and attempted to take that land at all. But you're saying you think the Russians are going to demand the entire southern coast, including Odessa, in their terms here?
1: Oh oh of course absolutely i mean i think that russian leaders are remarkably Forthright in terms of setting out what they want and what they're willing to do to get it. Um, the when P- Putin in in February 2022, in the in the days leading up to the 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 invasion, he openly stated what Russia's objectives were in Ukraine, which was 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 of course demilitarization, denazification. But this is what something that people rather miss is decommunization, and he explicitly stated that. Um, Uh, well, Ukraine is pulling down all of these statues of Lenin and they talk about decommunization. And he said, well, that suits us, but you must not stop halfway. Um, And what he meant by that is that there are historically Russian territories in Ukraine which were given to Ukraine by communist leaders. So like Lenin, Stalin, and Khrushchev all effectively created the modern Ukrainian state. I mean, the, the very name Ukraine means borderland. Um, <laughs> Ukraine was w- was the borderland of Russia for centuries, and places like Odessa and Kharkiv are historically Russian. I mean, you know, Zelensky himself couldn't speak Ukrainian before he became president, um, and there is a large number of people there who see themselves as Russian. And it's one of the reasons that this is the this is the, perhaps the most p- f- widely forecast war in history because it was well understood that. By effectively um, ending the Soviet Union without any discussion about I- its borders um, of the borders of these new countries that were created by the dissolution of um, of, of the USSR, that it created all sorts of problems. Uh, um, it, 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 it effectively created states out of what were administrative units. Well, arbitrary lines on a map, which were related to grain distribution, suddenly became you know, binding national borders. Uh, there is a. This is one of the reasons that the new the the post government gave uh that gave the kremlin um such a fright was that they immediately some of their first acts were to rename the road leading up to Babayar, stepan bandera highway and also yes um uh, scrap language rights for for russians which effectively um made an enemy or or a um a discriminated against minority out of you know, something like half the population. You, know, there, you know, there are there are a great many Ukrainians who speak no other language than Russian, and and yes, they have were born in and grew up in lands that were hist- historically, until very very recently in the scheme of things, um, Russian territory. Um, and so, yeah, the, I mean, in that, in the, it, it, that objective was set out quite clearly uh, at, before the war started. Um, the in a recent speech, uh, Putin referred to Odessa as um, uh, the historically Russian territory, which is as good a signal as any, as as that's w- what they've got their eyes on. Now, an interesting historical precedent for this, which many people might forget, is that. The 1995 Dayton Accords, which brought the Bosnian Civil War to a close, in effect, the the Bosniaks, the the Bosnian Muslims, who the US had been using as a proxy um, up until that time and giving um, and funneling vast, unaccountably vast amounts of weapons and money to in secret and completely illegally and breached the UN embargo via CIA black flights. The the Bosnian Muslims were expecting uh, the US to uh, effectively back them in the Dayton accords and give them all of bosnia's territory and uh, trample over kind of steamroller over um, bosnian serb and serb and yugoslav government demands right. um this this was this this belief meant that they they refused to engage in peace negotiations throughout the war um, they were there are a number of attempts by the yugoslav government by the the eu and the un to achieve a negotiated settlement which the despite the fact they were losing pretty badly throughout, the Bosnian Muslims refused and because their negotiating position was, we're not giving you an inch um, because they thought that NATO bombs would come and then they would get everything they wanted. And as it happened, they got thrown under the, under the bus brutally. The Serbs were given more territory than Slobodan Milosevic considered fair or humane. Uh,
0: including srebrenica and Zepa, which yeah. in all the previous deals, the Muslims got to keep. But in the final deal, nope, the Serbs get them, and including, of course, the horrible massacre, although it wasn't quite as horrible as they embellished, but pretty close in Srebrenica yeah. to to finish that exchange of territory. There, it's just a catastrophe. Yeah, exactly. I happen to be writing it's that part of my book right now. It, it is, oh, it's, really? it's, yeah, but it's just it's that's the, Yeah,
1: that's the thing is that they got the they, they were expecting all, all sorts of indulgences and, and support from the U.S., which wasn't there, and then the U.S. effectively said to them. Well, you know, you you have no negotiating position. Your economy is is is, is just a, it com- completely trashed, and you and we got an election coming up. <laughs> yeah, 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 and you've got an election coming up. So you you have to accept everything everything that we're we're imposing upon you, or we're just going to pull out the rug from under the, under you and leave you at the mercy of the Serbs. And in the words of one. Of the Bosniak negotiators, uh we signed dating with a gun to our heads, and it's like, yeah, they had no choice and it's like mm-hmm. if you, it's exactly the same in Ukraine. Ukraine has been carrying out a silent um a campaign of shock therapy neoliberalism at U.S. behest. It has destroyed uh, employment rights for 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 the overwhelming majority of Ukrainians. Um, it has privatized. It has made made their country safe for BlackRock and Monsanto yeah. um, as safe as it can be. Now, in that context, the U.S. wants well. It needs at least some Ukrainians still alive to yeah. th- allow the economy to function. Um, and it also probably wants to head off future disputes with Russia. So in that context, I think they would be very forthcoming in terms of what they what they give the Russians. And um, I've heard I've seen many people again, you know, kind of mock me for suggesting this. If you look at just basic historical precedents, which are very recent, even though nobody's heard of them, of course, that that yeah, the the, the, the blueprint is there for a mass betrayal. And yes, the Russians have made clear that they're not going to stop fighting until they feel that their demands are met. Of course, because this war has been costly for them but not as costly anywhere near as costly as as the as the media would would have had you had you believe a few weeks back their objectives and their their definition of victory has become enlarged you know and it's like i mean they already just even the four territories that they've that they've an- they've formally annexed and 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 they are going to be holding presidential elections in very very soon. That's not enough for them yet. It is also they're sitting on sixty five percent of Ukraine's pre war GDP because there's an enormous yeah. amount of resources and uh, you know there's lots of lithium there and all sorts of like precious metals and it is it's not for nothing. Ukraine was considered the breadbasket of the of the union. Right. Um, it's So they, they they've got all of that and Ukraine has nothing. Now, again, I'm sorry, we're
0: we're out of time here, but you're right. I mean, that's always been the question since the war broke out two years ago. Are they going to take the whole country or they're going to leave the land west of the Dnieper River or they are going to go as far as Odessa or not? And they may have a hell of an insurgency on their hands either way, but... Uh, you know, hopefully the Americans are heading toward the exits here. But I'm sorry, we're just out of time for the show today. But okay. this is Kit Clarenberg, everybody, at the Gray Zone, and he does so much great work over there. You guys have got to keep up with uh, what he's doing. That's thegrayzone.com. Really appreciate your time on the show.
1: Uh, cheers, Scott. Take care.
0: All right, you guys, and that is Anti-War Radio for today. I am your host, Scott Wharton. Find me at antiwar.com and at scotthorton.org. And Merry Christmas. I'm here every Thursday from 2.30 to 3 on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. See you next week.